Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a six-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is March 1st, and this is episode 166. If you guys are not aware, we did miss Monday's session. That would have been... February 27th. So I do apologize about that. I had some life things going on and was not able to make it for that session. So we've got a lot to cover today because we didn't talk Monday and there are some important things coming up that we need to be aware of for this month. So with that all being said, let's dive right into the data. Of course, starting here on our macros of Bitcoin and ETH. What's going on with the weekly? What's happening? What's what's the what's the dealio? As of right now, money flows still looking great. I am a little concerned that we are starting to see some midterm, short-term signs of topping out. Very apparent here on ETH with the amount of wicks that we've had into the 1680, uh, 1680 region. And it almost seems like we are starting to round off, potentially turning back down. This could amount to basically a month of sideways slash month of potential downside here, um, maybe a little bit longer, more than likely just a month. If you guys have been around Bitcoin for a couple of years now, you'd know that, you know, March tends to be kind of not a great month and how things lead into April usually dictates the rest of the year. And it's usually pretty good come April. We didn't get that last year. Actually, April turned out to be a real bummer. If you guys remember, everything that we thought was going to happen turned around, turned back down, got really sad. And <laughs> again, you know, dictated the rest of the year, pretty much. We continued to fall after that point. You can see March, right? Actually, March, see, that was the interesting thing was that March was bullish 2022. Come April, we started crashing and crashing a lot, right? So not a great time for us last year. This year, it seems to be potentially the opposite, where more of a standard of what we've seen in previous years, where March may be sideways and down, and hopefully April kind of grabs us again by the boots, picks us up, lets all these midterm, short-term bearish things kind of work themselves out before moving into a more bullish posture for the rest of the year. Now, volume at this point still absolutely sucks um, as well. So we really, really, really want to see, even if we do come back down, we retest into potentially 19 or 20 on Bitcoin. As far as ETH goes, it'd be right around the 1420, uh, 1380 region. As long as we hold the higher low um, and we start to see volume moving in at that point, support being bought up, we still have a very good chance of continuing the bullish momentum over the course of, you know, again, six months, eight months, a year after we work out potentially this quick downside move. Yeah, that's kind of what we're seeing on the weekly things. Again, they're still bullish. They are technically still everything's turned up. Weekly is still TC'd. Market structure still on the side of Bitcoin. We see a kind of a different picture here on Ethereum where our FIB lines are all extended to the upside, but our market structure has not flipped. So if we're not going to see rejection here, and we just start busting through 1680, um, we potentially could flip that market structure down into the 1,000, uh, 1,080 type of region and hopefully break through. I, th I still think that this area is going to be 
very tough all the way up into like 18, 1900, um, closer to our weekly 618. There's a, just a butt ton of resistance above us. And I don't think it's going to take just one tap to break through. We're probably going to do this in a stage of steps where essentially if we do make a higher high here, let's say we make our way up to 26, ETH makes its way up into potentially 1800, maybe 1820. We still have a chance of diverging again in the bearish fashion and then working out that move potentially back down. It's hard to say at this current time whether what's going to happen. It depends on the next day or two um, whether this downside move is going to happen now or maybe we just stretch it out. We do one more push up, maybe pushing again through 25 this time to make a new higher high in the shorter term and then turning down from there. But we'll have to see how we go over the next little while. When we take a look at our daily time frame, um, we are still technically TC down on both ETH and BTC. Market structures still somewhat bullish to a certain degree, right? We're still holding bullish market structure, but our fibs have restructured themselves into a more bearish posturing, telling us that right now it's a it's a kind of on the fence type of deal. It seems like the price action isn't really sure exactly where it wants to go. Obviously, retail wants it to keep going up. Smart money, I think, is starting to load in opportunity buys at lower prices. And if retail doesn't fill that for them, they will more than likely force the hand filling the orders themselves, meaning they're going to push that price into those levels to fill their own orders. Or that's that's the thinking here, essentially. Taking a look at our shorter term time frames, again, we've had a little bit of fluctuation over the last couple of days, but really just range bound. Um, overall, the money flow in these shorter time frames has been slowly but surely digging its way down. We can see that we continue to try to claw our way back up here, and it just doesn't seem to be really working. Potentially working out some sort of fractal here for the larger term, where we do have this divergence stacked up, potentially converging wave going on here for our lower high, taking a small step down, then playing out something a little bit more midterm macro in the same type of sense where potentially we come down we come back up lower high again and continue turning around but as it stands right now we've still continued to stack up bearish divergences we don't have that high amount of volume coming in and i am somewhat more so expecting uh, a small to medium term retrace uh, before any significant upside now again i i still think we could have one more push to create a third bearish divergence, potentially above 25, but I don't think we're going to make it too far. We were talking about today, actually, me and some of the compadres here in the uh, Crypto Yams Discord about the uh, wick low that we saw up here at 26,600, 26,500. This could be a very liable potential target here. It is kind of in no man's land. It would make a lot of sense. It would just break us above the market structure, the fib, the top fib line of our daily, correlating with a lot of stuff here. Again, giving us one more higher high, potentially in that region, one more bearish divergence, just as we saw back in here from July into August, right? We had that three step, and that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of what it feels like. The fact that we've just continued to chop at this level. 
Um, the fact that we had a lot of sell pressure come in and we really didn't move that far down tells me that I, I still think that we're going to have potentially one more mess around before things actually kind of work themselves out for the rest of the month. So very possible, more than likely overall turning down. So we need to be aware of that. Taking a look at Dixie and US tenure, you can see again, we don't have any resolution at this point. We're still continuing to ride against the resistance line, at least on the 10 year, um, sitting right at 4%. Um, we haven't busted above, we haven't rejected, you know, market structures bullish, but fib lines are bearish. When we move over to Dixie, we have bearish market structure in the midterms and kind of mixed fibs. So this has already started to potentially reject here. It is potentially playing off of some bearish divergence. It's not across all of our indicators though. So not too much weight put in behind this at the for the current time being. The US 10-year stacked up bearish divergence is all the way along here. But again, because we're right up against resistance, it could go for some sort of potential try for invalidation and continue breaking up back into our pattern. Yeah, so really, uh, just again to reiterate, we don't have any resolution here. You know, we have a soft rejection on the Dixie. We don't have any rejection on the US 10-year. If this starts to break back above 4% on at least four-hour candle closes or better, higher, I guess, in this case, we potentially could be looking for some sort of re-triple confirmation in the bad uncle touch me zone at the major resistance. This would not be good for anything, stock market, Bitcoin, anything in between, obviously other than uh, maybe the US dollar. Um, so we need to be aware of this and just, just be cautious of what's going to happen here. Again, no resolution right now. We're not 100% sure this could absolutely reject and turn back down very viciously if it was to get rejected at this level uh, with significant volume. There's a, there's a couple things here, potentially hidden bearish divergence on the Dixie, hitting a significant what was support now resistance level up at 105. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff here saying it's gonna probably chop sideways for at least a couple more days. If it continues to test into 105 and continue to reject, more than likely to see rejection, but you know, it, it definitely could take some take some bigger steps. If it gets through 105, we'd be looking into 106 and a half, 107 for the next level of any significant importance. So definitely keep your eye on those two charts uh, for the next couple days. S&P not having a great day so far. Obviously we opened actually quite well. Things were looking pretty good for the first 20 minutes of trading and then everything started to actually turn back down, reject, look a little poopier. As far as we've, as far as we see, uh, as we've closed, we're not looking too bad. At least on these shorter time frames, we do have market structure back in the bull's favor. We do have some bullish divergence stuff going on on the wolf pack. Again, not showing up in our money flow or in our liberator. So cautious of that. Again, this is such a short time frame. There is potential divergence in the hourly though, when we see it across all three indicators. So this may be a bit more of a, um, more weight going on here than with our 15 minute. 15 minute just kind of seems diluted. Hourly seems to be a little bit more on track of what's going on here, right? We see higher lows, higher lows, higher lows, and lower lows, lower lows. 
and so on and so forth. Definitely seems like the area of potential bounce if it's going to happen. We're right back in that support area of where we've been hitting on the lows. Um, we still technically have higher lows, um, and we're still potentially rounding off a bottom here for the S&P. As long as we hold our higher low situation, as long as we hold the inverted head and shoulders type of scenario setup here, this could be a very fat potential hidden bullish divergence, or maybe even just converging wave bounce off the 618 and looking for continuation to the upside if over the next two days we can really veer everything back up. Yeah, I really think the next two to three days, pretty much, I guess, the rest of the week here, because we've already closed S&P as of right now, um, if we see everything start to turn around again, we have a good chance of potentially, again, seeing Dixie, US tenure rejecting this week, buy close, and then Bitcoin and ETH kind of working out there uh, through their short-term bearish divergences and potentially, again, chasing 25 or 26 and a half. But because we're going into uh, the weekend after these two days, you know, if we're pushing above 25, uh, you have to be realistic with yourself. Again, you know, there's not a ton of volume right now. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the background to say that uh, it makes sense potentially that we have some sort of continuation of sell-off throughout the rest of the month. Um, there was some big news that came out, I believe, today, um, talking about the Mt. Gox creditors finally potentially seeing uh, their Bitcoins being uh, sent back to them this month. So that may end up fueling the fire of FUD for some sort of dump back into 19 or 20 throughout the rest of the month, if that was to actually happen. There are, there were a lot of Bitcoins on that exchange at the time. So cautious and aware. We know that we have medium term, medium term, uh, medium macro bearish divergence stuff set up. Um, even though our macros are still bullish overall, you know, we can very easily dip into 21, 20, 19 on a daily and not change our weekly or our monthly outlook. Uh, that's one thing I didn't get to touch upon. The monthly, obviously we had a very strong close last month. We've continued to see bounce off the 618. The money flow turning around still at this point. Wolfpack pointing to the sky. Everything's looking pretty good on this retrospect except volume. That's, that's you know, the one thing that I think is really still holding us back is that there's just not enough. We don't have building momentum. We have falling momentum. So until that actually changes and we start to see the volume picking up month after month, not declining month after month, that's when things get real, real quick, right? Even though we were up in here, obviously volume for the most part was declining. Um, it's only when volume started to increase month after month that we really started to really pick up, right? So being aware of that, definitely definitely have to be aware that some sort of medium-term, short-term sell-off could be in our future. Yeah, this is either, you know, some sort of flag continuation pattern, and we absolutely pump for the sky, or this is essentially a topping pattern, and we play out the divergences more like a head and shoulders rather than inverted head and shoulders, and take our step down. So the problem with these types of, you know, head and shoulder, quote unquote, patterns is that they're 
they can be interpreted in many different ways. Could be bullish, it could be bearish. I really think that it depends on the overall of everything. If we are going to sell off, it's more than likely going to be a quick one and done type of deal before seeing continuation to the upside. I think the smart money just wants, you know, to push as much retail out as possible, getting themselves set in good positions before everything continues to take off. Uh, kind of goes into what uh, we were talking about, P.O., um, what you were saying before the podcast started about uh, the interest rate more than likely having to be increased because uh, deflation, deflation, is that correct? Uh, disinflation. Disinflation, <laughs> sorry. No, don't apologize. I'm laughing because you shouldn't because it's that ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like, look, I think um, some people are calling it the big flip. You know, it, it's the decrease in the increase of the pace of inflation is now turning that away. So inflation is ticking up again across major economies of the world. Um, interest rates just going to have to go higher for longer. Um, I've kind of mentioned it a few times, but Australia is a super interesting canary in the gold, canary in a coal mine because they more or less didn't really have a housing crisis in the GFC. So they kind of had a bigger bubble and really incentivized like leveraging your equity, negative gearing is what it's called. So like the equity in a house that you already had as a bike let investor, you could use that as, you know, equity to lever up and buy another one. I think it was 90% uh, wow. ratio. So like, People were buying stuff at like let's say two hundred k five years later. It's worth like four hundred k. So they're taking that four hundred k and like you know levering up and buying another house. You know whatever four hundred k and then that's worth six hundred k. So that in in three years, so like it's it, it's just really crazy Ponzi scheme, you know. And um, it's like their central bank is pretty respected and they. Australia is interesting in that, like, all they have big banks, they have their own banks. They're not reliant, you know, on um, on foreign banks. So their central bank is really has to be really transparent, really responsible. Kind of the same in New Zealand. So they've had to like jack up interest rates um, before everyone else, faster than everyone else, higher than everyone else, you know, and really kind of push against the political establishment because you know they're just. Like like a robot, there's like we have to get inflation back to target, you know. And given that labor markets across the border looking so tight still, you know, that's giving them a lot of leeway, keeping pushing because, you know, unless in, unemployment kind of hits seven eight percent on the way to ten, like you know, it really doesn't become a political crisis um, traditionally. So yeah, uh, inflation ticking up again across the board, interest rates probably going higher. Um, I'm not even going to stay for longer because people are thinking two steps ahead. And mm -hmm. like, I think that's making a lot of people look really stupid because the central banks came out in January and they were like, yeah, same narrative, like disinflation, disinflation. And numbers came out for January and February, <laughs> just like Sideshow Bob stepping on a rake, Doc Jiff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really they they're they're they definitely shot themselves in the foot with that one name. Yeah. Remember transitory inflation, so 
that's not disinflation is such a ridiculous term because it just it's disinflation is a new transitory right no don't they just, believe I mean, your lies <laughs> they just keep changing keep changing the words keep changing the definition you know it's not a recession anymore because of these factors which was you know the deciding factor in which it was a recession or not and now it's yeah no 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 we're not in a recession yeah maybe maybe what you would have called the recession five years ago but in today's day and age you know like it's just funny their their argument for all this stuff is just make up new words it's not deflationary it's not inflationary it's disinflationary and it's it's not dovish or hawkish what what did what did powell (laughs) say last time Oh it's my a disinflationary, God. and that's what. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was everyone's like, "Oh, it's deflation," and like, Jesus, man, deflation is once you get negative, like below zero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's completely different thing. You're like, man, you're like, that's a that's a completely like the other way around. Like, you know, like you're below zero percent inflation. Like, mm-hmm. it's, oh. but like to your point, like the word salad, I believe, is just because it works. It works with the traditional media. It works with the boomer media, is what they call it. And it's just the same word salad that they've been like licking up. And their attention cycle is pretty small. Um, they're not paying attention at all, you know. And that's that's why people listen to this rambling <laughs> from me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Insight from you, because like uh, like people who are like smelling something, like you know, don't don't gaslight yourself, like you know. The people in control are not really in control. They're fucking it up big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going to make you believe that it's not fucked until the very end, even though they know the truth. Just, just like what happened in twenty, you know, two thousand six, two thousand seven. It's the you know that crash should have happened two years before it did. Exactly. And that's why we have such a great movie, The Big Short. Political <laughs> cycles as well, yeah. like. It's, it's kind of like Matt, what Manrino is asking right now. He's kind of like, can they make it like, can they time the cycle, the political cycle, which would work out really well for Bitcoin without it breaking correlation with traditional markets. Right. Um, or like, is it going to blow up in our faces? Because like a lot of stuff is, and that's why the commercial property thing is so prominent in, my, in front of mind with me. Like it's something mm-hmm. that, a lot of people didn't assume could ever break, and it's all of a sudden it's breaking. Like, right? Because you know? the core no, assumption sure. was everyone's going to be in the office nine to five Monday to Friday. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and if it's fifteen percent of that, you know, rapid demand loss, um, long term leases, asset values can be completely wrecked. Dot com, like, and with the flight, the quality, you know, for good reasons, ESG, but for good reasons like energy efficiency. You know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Older stock—it's not economically viable to, you know, upgrade it to be worth, you know, a value, uh, an asset that's worth something. It's more than likely, more than likely, going to be like have to be recovered. You know, mm-hmm. your dollar costs, I believe, or site costs. You know, um, yeah, yeah. So, long story short, betting against the debt is that's what Bitcoin's there for. You know, so if it does blow up. You know, every currency is just going to print to the moon. Well, let's hope that people actually see it that way this time. That's uh, the breaking correlation, you know, and that's the digital gold narrative. And that's why, like, 
just hearing more and more people be kind of like copying on to monetary inflation, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know. Yes. Yes. So, oh, man. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, there you go. That's a great ending note. Buy Bitcoin. That is the answer. You always give such a, such an interesting um, perspective that you have. It's always great to hear your opinion, your ideas, my friend. Man, it just, yeah, I, I, the hope, the hope is that people see it that way this time around. Really start to understand what, where Bitcoin's value is, what it can actually do in that sense. But we'll, yeah, we'll have to see. Just to quickly reiterate, essentially, I still think uh, if you have your swing longs open from a, you know, a millennia ago, it feels like from January at this point in time, you know, as long as you've taken heavy profits, I don't see a reason as to why you would close that position. But at the same time, where we are right now, taking starting short positions, not financial advice, um, potentially a good idea. Um, and still, again, being aware that we may make a higher high slightly above our previous high of 25200 So if you're not comfortable, you know, it, it's not guaranteed to happen that we do get one more divergence. We don't have to, right? It just, it seems like that's kind of the way it seems to be chopping out. For me, I'm comfortable taking a 1% starting position if it comes up. Um, I'll probably add to it as long as I see it starting to turn around at that point um, of 26,500. So be aware of that. I don't think there's too much else to go into. Um, some of the alts, you know, look definitely look a lot stronger than the others. Um, pay attention to your portfolios over the next week. Oh, oh, Pio saying Doge, Doge, hey, ooh. I'll have to dive into that um, at some point. Hmm, I think with all that being said, you guys, as always, we appreciate the heck of you guys taking the time to listen. Um, make sure you guys check out TripleConfirmation.com if you haven't already. Uh, the bot is doing the thing. Hopefully looking for a position in the next little while. And uh, yeah. We hope that you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you in two days. Take care. Have a bye.